Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we're on the cusp of learning what will be on the 2023 Red Raider football schedule. Possibly this week, we will get to what to prepare ourselves for. And also getting to up ahead, an addition for Texas Tech, filling a need through the transfer portal. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to be back with you once again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Where it's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, and thanks to our friends at LinkedIn Jobs for bringing you this episode and being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster, so post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college Today, terms and conditions do apply. And uh, appropriate there, Chris, that we would be talking about the official recruiting sponsor on the Locked On College Network, because even though this doesn't fit the previous definition of recruiting, uh, the world of recruiting has now been expanded, and we are in the portal, out of the portal, from day to day. You never know what might pop up on the radar for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. So I wanted to kick off the show as we dive back in for a portal, portal, portal update. And I'm glad to start with something that I feel like could be one of the bigger pieces of news in a positive way uh, for tech football as you prepare for 2023 because uh, I'm hearing talk of, hey, this is a starter that has been added to the mix. So set us up here uh, as we kick off our portal update conversation. Yeah, you know, and 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 so we we can set this up. I mean, we we've you know we've kind of talked about some of the the wishes or some of the ideas with the offensive line. Look, it, it was a it was a group that I thought did get better as the year went along. I think there were some injuries there, certainly none bigger than Cole Spencer before the season even started, and no. uh, and, and I think they they squeezed as much as they could out of that group. But it, even playing at their best, they weren't they weren't what you wanted them to be internally. Uh, if, if you're Stephen Hamby and Zach Kitley and Joey McGuire. Uh, and so I think there was some plans to try to address that. And I think we've started to see that plan get somewhat executed here uh, with the addition of Western Kentucky center, Rusty Stotts. And I think uh, one Western Kentucky should, should, you know, <laughs> should be flashing lights everywhere. That's obviously somebody that that Stephen Hamby and, and Zach Kitley that they're gonna. This is their player. This is their guy that they know extremely well. They've coached him, uh, been around him, know exactly who he is as a person, player, all that. And he was on a visit uh, to Lubbock this past weekend, and he's going. I, I don't know if he's going to be here this spring or not. I believe that's the hope or the case uh, of it, uh, but. Either way, th- this is going to be your starter at center. I mean, I'm I'm 99.9% sure this is what uh, is going to happen here. And that allows you to move Dennis Wilburn over to guard, which is something that we had kind of talked about on some of these shows in, in recent weeks because I, you, you knew my thoughts on Dennis Wilburn. I thought Dennis Wilburn was maybe your most valuable player on offense uh, this season. 
it, it's hard to, to look at any other player and say that they didn't mean more to your team on offense than that guy because, one, he's not a natural center, and, two, all the tempo that you're running. I mean, he, he's the one that has to execute that more so than anybody else. And I thought he played his position maybe the best and most consistent all, all season. So, uh, But I think they've already been experimenting with Dennis Wilburn at guard and bowl practices, and I think they really like what they see. And that's really interesting. I, I'm curious if this was uh, um, how, how would you kind of gauge um, the addition as far as the get? Was this like number one target to fill this uh, need? Was this on a short list or how did that work out? Well, I, I would say this. There's not a lot of and we'll get into some of that, how that's going to work in, in later on in, in today's show. But there's not a whole lot of spots out there like for them to to, to pull from the portal and, and add to the, to their team. And I, I I think it's fair to say at least number one target on offense, yeah, you know, and number one position maybe on offense. I think if you were if you were looking at it, you may go, you may rank it center, offensive tackle, wide receiver in that order. Uh, and you could maybe maybe there's some differing opinions on on tackle and re receiver, uh, but I think center was numero uno because I think that allows you to address so much else and allows you to take what you think will be a really good guard and play him there at Dennis Wilburn. And you know, there's not going to be any drop off at, at center. And so, yeah, I think this allows them to be better and deeper and more talented up front. And it, there's no learning curve here uh, with, with this player and, and his position coach or his coordinator, because he has played in the system, knows what he's getting into and knows what the expectations are. So I, I think that, I think they that's a pretty exciting addition. It's boring for the general fan. I get it. You want to see skill players, you want to see, you know, this or that, but th for your team, this is a really big one and you know, Joey is extremely sensitive to the culture in the locker room and I think that he's been very wise going about it that way because he doesn't want to do anything to jeopardize it. So he has maintained all throughout. If we bring in anybody in from the portal, we better know this player. We better know exactly who he is, what we're getting, family, you know, all that stuff, because he doesn't want to do anything to screw up the locker room. Not that he's going to bat a thousand uh, on, on some of that. Sure. Uh, but, but this is a case where they know player, they know uh, person. Uh, it, it checks every box and it certainly fit a position of need. So I would say, yeah, number one kind of target with what you maybe wanted to add. Well, let me ask you that kind of on a personal level. You allude to some of that there actually with Rusty Stotts, Watertown, Tennessee boy, originally. <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm looking at his face right now. It says toughest, hardest working, most competitive center in yep. the country possibly. Uh, but I know as you put together like what a draft board and you've got names here or there. Was the Western Kentucky connection previously the strongest connection here? Or how do you think it came to be that, that Stotts is the guy? Yeah, I I, th I think so. I think that once you know he he entered the portal uh, with a week or so left in November, and I think it was pretty evident that once he got in the portal, that's kind of you know, the, the, they they had eye they being Texas Tech and I think Stotts had eyes for each other that it was just a perfect <laughs> fit. And again, if you look at it from Stotts' standpoint, one of course he wants to go somewhere where he's going to start. I mean that's where he was just uh, where he what he was doing at Western Kentucky. But he wanted to play at a higher level, uh, apparently, and I think he wants to know what he's getting into a little bit too. So that's why I say it 
it, it's all about fit. And he does have two years to play. Uh, I think that if you want to dream wild, that you, you know, you, you dream that you'll get both of those years, but he may be in a position to where he's got a chance to make a decision after this year. So you may only get one, but you were, you were more than okay with that. And um, I think that's where that, you know, cause, you know, that's where that sits. So, so the, the reality is there's some good and bad here. The, the reality is if things go according to plan post bowl game, and you look off into next season, your three interior guys are set with your two guards, uh, you know, Dennis Wilburn, Cole Spencer, and then Rusty Stotts at center. The, the bad news is, is that, you know, you, you could lose them all after next season too, because only Stotts of that group can come back. Uh, and he may, he may not, we'll just see, but only Stotts can come back of that trio. And that's, that's going to be a lot to replace uh, after next season. But again, you, 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 you're, you're kind of piecemealing the, this thing together at times. And that's just the way you call it. it you, you don't build programs necessarily anymore. You build teams and that's kind of what yeah. you're, you're trying to do here. Uh, and so, you know, you'll, you'll start to address the, uh, the, the, the concern, I guess, l- later on down the road. That, that's a really interesting uh, way to frame it. And I think it's definitely growing more and more accurate uh, by the day. No question about it. You got a new challenge. You typically did, but uh, in a different variety now, every offseason reassembling something that's going to work together and and hopefully be successful. So roster comings and goings, whether transfer portal related or otherwise, we'll continue that conversation coming up on the other side. One man out the door, but what does that mean for other shoes left to be filled and the shuffling of the numbers as we prepare <laughs> for 2023? We'll get to that coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs right now to connect your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network. Over 810 million people add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. And you're going to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. You're only, only spending time on the candidates that fit your profile linkedin jobs is helping you get there to those folks faster than anyone else and that's part of why small businesses are rating linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors nearly 40 million job seekers are visiting linkedin every week so post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today with linkedin jobs terms and conditions apply Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, joining you from beyond the other side, out west of the 100th Meridian, where it's really going down. And as we were just catching you up with some of the latest from the transfer portal as uh, Texas Tech, well, fills a need, no doubt about it, up front along the offensive line. Uh, We now get to someone... Walking out the door, Chris, and if I'm keeping up correctly, this is like actually just a traditional recruiting conversation, potentially. This is, yeah, not, this, this is not like teleportation anywhere. This is just good old-fashioned 
recruiting talk. Please uh, give me some context here to this and, and what it means for other uh, dominoes that are going to fall now. Yeah, so they uh, they lose uh, Tyler Johnson. He's an offensive lineman out of uh, Louisiana. Uh, he was on a visit to Auburn this weekend, decommits from Texas Tech, commits to Auburn. You know, and, and, and in years past, these are the kinds of, uh, you know, because you lost a wideout uh, a few weeks ago. He commits to Notre Dame and and, and normal high school kid. And in, and in years past, I mean, these are these are you feel like devastating blows is, is the is the fan and you wants to ride the wave. And like you look at, you know, your emotions and you, you, you you're supposed to feel a certain way. You get excited when kids want to come to your school. And then when they when they don't want to, they pick another school, you like get frustrated and all that stuff but the in, in the portal era i mean I, I don't i don't view these high school kids you're trying to do this you're trying to recruit high school kids and the the bulk of your recruiting classes are joey this is what he has said my opinion though is in these cases especially when it's it's late later in the process I don't view it as bad news at all because I think if you, you, you know, so, so I set this up properly. There's just not a lot of, of opportunity to go answer the phone and, and bring in some help, immediate help from the portal. There's just not a lot of scholarships available open right now. And so the first thing I thought of was that because I, I think that there's some thought that, you know, Rusty Stotts could have – he could have taken basically your only available spot to this point. And so if you want to answer the phone with a tackle or a wide out or, you know, a linebacker or whatever whatever you, you think you may need, if kids want to come home and, and you know, and all those things. I mean, because I just I, – Joey and I have talked about this on his coaches show multiple times in that – when you're coaching football in the state of Texas, now with the portal being what it is, you are going to be in a position to answer the phone from players every single year that elected to go to school somewhere else and that want to come back and play closer to home. This is going to never go away. It's going to be a mainstay. And the problem right now is that, as we talked about this some last week, Casey, that well, that the Matador Club, which is phenomenal, but it, it's got a lot of people going, no, man, I'm good. I, I don't care that I'm not playing yet or maybe I'll never get to play. I, I'm good. I, you know, my, my coach treats me well. The fan base is awesome. I got a little money in my pocket. I mean, it's not – it's pretty good gig right. if you can get it. I mean, uh, and so <laughs> there's not a lot of room. But now with this news, maybe now you, you have a spot to where let's just – for example, let's just toss out Dre McCray out of Austin P. Okay, he is a slot receiver. Maybe could play outside as well. He is somebody that the Red Raiders have been interested in, and it's it's spilled out on social media. If Austin P. rings a bell, it should because Josh Cochran, who coaches tight ends, and then Kirk Bryant, uh, who's uh, an analyst on the offensive side of the ball, and was at at Baylor with Joey. Those two. You know, Coach Bryant and, and Coach Cochran, they were at Austin P last year. Again, same premise as Stotts. They know exactly who he is, what he's getting. And if you don't get him, he's probably going to end up at West Virginia or North Carolina at, at last check. And I think there was some concern that if Florida or Florida State offered, that's where he'd go because that's where he's originally from. He's, I think, he originally from the, the greater Tallahassee area. 
bottom line is he would be the fastest uh, receiver on your team. And, and I think he's one of the top receiver targets in the portal. Okay. Right now. And, but you just, you know, you're recruiting him, but now maybe you, maybe that, that opens a spot for him. You go get him. And I don't pretend to know how many spots you have. It seems to be like, it's kind of a moving target. And it's kind of one of those deals where if you find the right guy and you go recruit him and he says, yes, we'll figure the rest out. I don't, you oh, know, another I'm, spot is opened up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so what I'm saying is traditionally you'd be like, God, man, I can't believe we lost a, a good offensive lineman. That really sucks. But in this case, I just don't, I don't view it that way. And really will I ever going forward just because, I mean, Joseph Adetere was your best freshman this year. He played, he was phenomenal, but he was a, a part-time player, and he was clearly the exception. More yeah. often than not, high school kids are two or three years away from really helping. And again, Joey Especially was, at that position, Chris, in the trenches or a thousand percent. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so uh I just if you can go, and I've used this example with you before, but if you can go find a Kalen Geiger, okay. And and that that is somebody that I thought helped your offense a year ago drastically. He got defense. He added maturity. He made plays. He could run. I mean, all that. I'm looking to add some juice to this offense because it's not near fast enough, in my opinion. And I think McCray would absolutely add it. And again, I don't think there's any concern about messing up the locker room or anything like that because you know what you're getting. And uh, he's got multiple Power Five offers right now, and so he's not going to play at. you know, at Austin P uh, next year. And so I, I hope that maybe your Tyler Johnson departure, maybe that, you know, equals Dre McCray. I don't know. Maybe I'm connecting dots that aren't there. I'm just trying to explain to you kind of how, because I think I, I would personally love to be able to add 10 or 15 guys. Let's just keep adding old guys and, and all that stuff, but that's just <laughs> right. not realistic right now. Uh, Cause I'd, I'd go shopping for a little bit of everything. Hell, it's not my money. It's not my scholarship. So I don't have to, I'm not, I'm not worried about the locker room. That's somebody else's problem to deal with. You get what I'm saying though. So I'm trying to win a conference championship, man. I'm, th- I'm wanting to throw assets at it. Right. It is totally different in the way that you can uh, now kind of uh, console yourself when you get some bad news of one variety. Cause it is, and you hate to see a good offensive lineman, you know, walk away. I mean, right. you'd rather have good ones than not have good ones, but the timing of it all, given what is now available from a transfer standpoint, uh, does definitely put a different spin on it in the way that you feel like, okay, well, immediately I could use this spot possibly in a different way and get a more immediate return. It's all speculative and in the air right now, but uh, really going to be curious to see maybe how that does develop. And you're scratching me where you where I itch. <laughs> where you itch? Am I scratch? No, you're scratching me where I itch. Um, consensually, of course. I know the conversation we had, uh, what, last week or two weeks ago that you made reference to as we were talking about, well, what's this What's this offense missing? You know, lightning in a bottle, speed and the ability to, to really get to the house. And I kind of felt like, Chris, I don't know what the odds are that you just go pluck a guy like that out of somewhere. Um, but maybe this does develop in something that, that could certainly fill that. And uh, that's going to make every offensive lineman, every quarterback, every running back, every everybody. Uh, look a little bit better on the offensive side of the football yeah. if you've got that home run hitter, right? <laughs> My little home run hitter, yes. <laughs> um, b- because because if the if the question is let's let's go to the next high school offensive lineman on our board, or let's go for a ready made playmaker on offense. It, 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 again, 
these are not my decisions yeah. to make. I certainly get because the the coach in this day and age has to have their eye on the right now and off into the distance. They've, they're trying to manage both. I, I believe Dre McCray, and, and I'm using him as an example because one, he checks the boxes of that. I know there's interest there, mutual. I know that there's a, there's a connection there and that they know what they're getting. So it checks that box too on what Joey has said. And I know this is something that they would prefer to add uh, speed, playmaking, all those things. And it would be hard for me if I'm Zach Kitley or if I'm Emmett Jones to go, yeah, man, y'all take another – give give Hamby another yeah. high school offensive lineman for as opposed to you, – you mean we got a dude that can like – he can get it done right now? And and, yeah. and here's the thing. I think – I think I'm right on this. I think he's only got – this is like a one-year scenario. So you just re-recruit to his spot next year. You know, like there's no – you're not stuck with somebody – Right, you you know three or four years if it doesn't work out and you just re-recruit to that spot. So anyway, but but those are again those are not my decisions to make. Uh, I just I, I probably am more caught up into like most fans are the here and the now as opposed to what it looks like off three or four years from now. But the the reality is like high school offensive linemen, unless you're Manny Ramirez or LaRaven Clark or Adrian Waddle or I mean th- those guys just don't help you immediately at all and in, in a lot of those cases that was out of necessity because there wasn't anybody else to help you uh, and you didn't have the portal to go try to correct a problem so you just push a guy in and most of those guys were all uh, the guys I just mentioned those were all NFL guys so um, yeah. Anyway, so I'm just and, and again, I, I'm just telling you from a wide receiver standpoint, you could easily say, Casey, that we want. Remember, we talked about Jeremiah Byers out of UTEP. I think there's some thought that he may be looking at Penn State. I hear Florida State. I know Texas Tech is interested. I mean, the, the offensive tackle at, at at UTEP was a connection, and I think the Texas Tech actually kind of quote unquote offered him. And you, so you could use the spot on that right there too, if you really want to continue to. Because I mean, it, we've just sat there and talked about tackle being in need as well. I mean, and we know that that was that was the other one I wanted to ask you about. I didn't know if there had been a decision for or against, but that was still a, a primary target, right? In some situations, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, and and I, and I think. I think depending on what we get uh, with your current roster, because I, I I believe that you you could get you know bottom line whether it is. Hey, I, I don't think I'm going to play here. I've thought about it. I'm, I'm going to bail out after the bowl game, whether it's I'm going to go through the spring. It's just not working for me here. I'm out, you know, whatever. Or, right. or hey, I picked up the phone and somebody from, you know, school X called me and has offered me a ton of money to come play at their school, whether that's legal or not. That's that's I'll leave that open for interpretation because it's not. But if something like that were to happen and somebody bails out in the portal, I just don't feel like your roster, the, the movement is over with yet. So so we make sure. that clear. We've got a long way to go here, a lot of cycles to get through, uh, a lot of the, the period. Bottom line is, whether you address receiver or tackle now, or it's in January, or even in May, I just don't think that those spots are going to be removed from the the quote unquote wish list or the, the, the board when we're talking offense here uh, you know, I, I think you'll continue to kind of keep your eye on those two positions in particular receiver. If they can make plays and they can run, they've got to be, they've got to be add speed to what you're, you're doing here. And if you can play tackle, I think those are, 
you know, and then defensively, I'm sure you could use a little bit of everything, but I'd probably point to linebacker that you may prefer the most or depending on what your corners do. Uh, and I feel pretty optimistic about that, but we'll, we'll let that play out. I don't know how that'll turn out or not, but I feel pretty optimistic about it now. So we'll see. Man, a lot of stuff to uh, process yes. there. Some names and positions to keep an eye on. And that's why we keep this portal eligibility, all the radars. spinning man we're in the ocean just looking for any signs of life and we're bringing it to you right here on locked on texas tech so uh keep tabs as certainly these moving parts will continue to come on say d say move uh i guess is what i would say and you're making me think with your reference about you know keeping an eye on the present keeping an eye on the future like the perfect college football coach would be like the mind of nick saban you know the recruiting skills of this other guy the luggage of Coach Prime because it's Louie. And then potentially the eyeballs of Jack Elam, the original Swifty Morgan. Do you remember, like, support your local gunfighter, support your local sheriff? He was like the original <laughs> crazy eyes. That's the only dude that could keep an eye, look in the same direction and keep an eye on the present and an eye on the future all at the same time. So there is your prototype. I didn't know where you were going coach. with that. I didn't know where you were going with that, but that was well done, man. It, it, <laughs> just, yeah, those like, eyes instantly flashed in my mind when you said that earlier. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Jack. RIP if you've taken the long one. I guess you probably are, because otherwise you'd be about 145 years old, uh, I believe. <laughs> Stars in the number one Western of all time. That is uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Factual. Look it up in an encyclopedia, and uh, that fact will be checked to the point of being affirmed. Uh, Chris, we've got one more conversation to have before we're out of here today. A quick hitter. Because you're going to have some big news arriving at your doorstep at some point in the relatively near future. 2023 Big 12 football schedule is out there in the ether right now. When will things be revealed? Well, we'll get back to what Brett Yormark, Big 12 commissioner, said about that last week. And we'll get back to some things that we discussed uh, in our last update, Chris. It's been a little while since we touched on this subject. So I want to get some insight from you as to uh, what could possibly appear in year number two for Joey McGuire and company. So we'll get to that coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by Simply Safe, because over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home in the last decade. You're not earning the trust of that many people without doing a lot of things right. Number one, your family's safety is at the top of the list. With Simply Safe, they're protecting you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who have always got your back, blanketing your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, high definition security cameras inside and outside your home. So customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college right now. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college and save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month for free. So visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more because there's no safe like Simply Safe. You got it. It's Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Wrapping up today's edition, 
talking Big 12 football. Join us tomorrow as we will be setting the table for Red Raider Hoops returning to action from United Supermarkets Arena. But uh, maybe sometime this week, Chris, could be today, could be in seven days, 10 days, but we're kind of in that uh, window that Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark has alluded to for quite some time. I think he said seven to 10 days last week. Uh, last couple of months, he's been saying mid-December. So as we are sitting here approaching mid-December, we're wondering uh, when we will learn who, when, and where Texas Tech will be facing in the Big 12 Conference in 2023. And I'll just go back to our last conversation. It's been a little while, but uh, the eye-popping thing from that conversation with you at that time was potentially no sooner state participation for the Red Raiders on an opposing sideline. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, possibly not on the schedule for Texas Tech. So there's a lot to consider, man. What, what's some of the latest that you're hearing? Do you think that, for instance, is, is still holding uh, as true? And, and what else is swirling? Yeah, I, 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 Casey, you're, you're going to get this scheduled this week, I think, uh, at some point. Uh, I think they're going to drop it at, you know, at like at 10 in the morning or at 1 p.m. one of these days, uh, one of these weekdays. It won't be next Friday. It would either be uh, uh, early to mid part of this week, I think, if it does come out this week. That's typically the way Big 12 does business. And uh, I think that, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anything different that would tell me that you're going to play either school from Oklahoma uh, I believe you're going to travel to Provo, Utah. Uh, I believe you'll host Central Florida. And I think you are, according to the Houston Chronicle, because I think they reported this, I think you play at the University of Houston, okay, uh, in, in some capacity. And and if if those things are true, if the following is true, if you're not playing Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, and of course the, the Oklahoma State's roster is just now depleted, it won't be. I'm not right. going to bet against Mike Gundy. That's a <laughs> that's a very crazy proposition based on that they you know they've had a down year and they still won plenty of games. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the, yeah, they're finally kind of look depleted and you don't get to play them. Just but of course, but but if if those if those things are true, neither Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, and you will travel to BYU and you'll host Central Florida and you're going to travel to Houston. Okay, so if those things are true, that would also indicate to me you're not going to play one of your other traditional Big Twelve teams too, because you're still staying at, at nine conference games. So if three of the new ones you know, or added on and we're only aware of maybe two that aren't okay. That, that would, that would tell me that whether it's Iowa state or uh, Kansas or Kansas state or, or one of the Texas schools, whatever. I mean, one, one of them is not also on your schedule. Again, if kind of what, what you hear out there is true. And I can't, I can't say for a hundred percent certainty that what I'm telling you is true. I believe it to be true, but uh, but I also there's a it, it creates another question. So and and I think you'll you'll learn, you know, because the immediate is you're going to look at your team, how many home games you have, how many you know do you open up road heavy, do you do you finish home heavy, do you is the, where are the bye weeks? And there's all these dynamics you look at, but then you're going to start looking at okay, well man, so and so doesn't have to play so and so and so-and-so's got uh, an easier road than we do, blah, blah, blah. I mean, everybody's going to try to dissect it. When, when in all actuality, 
I couldn't even tell you if Oklahoma State's going to be any good or not. I don't have any idea if Central Florida is going to be any good or not. I mean, there's so much movement with these teams and will be that you just you just have no idea. But uh, but I think it's kind of curious if you don't play either school from Oklahoma next year. That that is wild to me in in a, in a way. And you know, uh, obviously the trip to because if you do go to Provo, you're going to open up going to Wyoming. You're going to go to Provo. And if and if West Virginia is on your schedule, you're going to go to West Virginia because you hosted them this year. So those are three fairly lengthy road trips uh, for you. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, far east, and then obviously uh, to to the the furthest trips, uh, uh, the furthest trip out west, like currently in the league in, in in Provo, Utah, which is not that far, but uh, and then Wyoming is about the same. I don't know if it's like an hour and a half, two hour flight, whatever. It's not like you're, you're going to the end of the earth or anything, but anyway, so that, that's what I kind of can tell you, but I don't know what else to, to add to that. Uh, Cal, I'm just kind of as curious as everybody to kind of see what, what it looks like. Has, uh, do you think there's been frustration from a, a Texas tech standpoint, leadership standpoint, and the possibility of, uh, you know, missing out on Oklahoma's is everybody just kind of, no. No, I, I I don't I don't gather that because because one this was going to be the year that you went there so basically you're just I like from that standpoint like oh I don't have to go to Norman wow I yeah. mean that it, it hadn't exactly gone well for you in Norman in most years not that you could have <laughs> this maybe would have been a great year to go if if Oklahoma's a bit down and you're you you expected I mean, maybe it would have been a great year to go but. I can only recall the one time where you went to Norman and it was fun. It was right. fun. <laughs> yeah. And then you came back the next week and got your ass kicked by Iowa State, but I don't want to get into all my thoughts here. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, and I had to endure a uh, two hour rain delay, I guess, before that game right. actually got started. I, we remember that well. Um, that was the recipe. That's, yeah, that's it was what we're right. Do every and then time. everybody went home and then it wasn't an intimidating place to play. Well, are you, are you as yeah. a fan? I'm a little disappointed to miss out on the Cowboys. To hell with OU. I, I never cared about them anyway. I, well, that, that's I'm a, a good home game that you'll lose. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a yeah, prime. That's in a year where you're not going to have Texas or Oklahoma coming here, I mean, and I don't know what what it looks like for TCU or, I mean, obviously you're going to go to to Baylor if they're on your schedule because you hosted the Bears uh, this year. Yeah, I mean, not having Oklahoma State here, that, that yeah, that's not that's not much fun, you know. I mean, so, uh, but it, it, here's the thing: there may be one of these deals where, well, you have to go to the same place two years in a row. Somebody's right. going to have to come to your place two years in a row. There's going to be some of those dynamics too, because if 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 what we're saying is true, and and you are going to, but it may be one of these years where you do you end up playing four at home and five on the road. You know, because you kind of alternate that uh, from a, a conference schedule standpoint. Uh, because I think I guess next year the way it shapes up, it would be five on the five on the road. Uh, and those are those years are tough, you know. I mean, it's it's tougher to 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 be really good in those years when you have that many road games. We know the Red Raiders were what one and four on the road this year, so um, and six and one at home. So, <laughs> uh, it, it, and, and I'm looking at: Do you play any Thursday night games? Do you play? Yeah. You know, what, what's your Thanksgiving week game? Is it on a Friday? Is it a, you know, uh, you know, there's there's stuff like that. Do you, are you are you one of the teams where they? Say, hey man, we're going to give you guys a conference game on September the 9th. You know, I mean, they, they do that every year where there's a few conference games like early on in in the schedule. Uh, I think Kansas and West Virginia did that this year, and it was like yeah. everybody else is playing the Murray States of the world or 
whatever. And then there's a conference game, and that was the first sign that West Virginia may be in trouble and that Kansas may be pretty good yeah. uh, early on. So, you know, all those things are uh, are things that you, you want to look at and pay attention to. And uh, the Ducks still scheduled to be in Lubbock next year? Correct. Yes. That is maybe. September 9 right now. I mean, of course, anything could change, but yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and keep in mind, they can, you know, some of that can get fiddled with months and weeks from now sure. as they set TV times or, hey, this game's been, been moved from Saturday to Thursday, you know, whatever. But uh, you'll, you'll get a pretty good tell. But yeah, Oregon, Oregon's scheduled to be here. I think that's a lot of fun uh, because yep. that'd be one of the, the highest uh, ranked non conference uh opponents i think coming in in a long time since really since you've been in the big 12 because there's plenty of times when you hosted miami uh i remember that when you hosted i'm trying to think of some of the other ones that when spike was the head coach and nebraska was a non-conference opponent i believe here when they were rolling under tom osborne uh but they weren't league you know they were non-conference opponents but since you've been in the big 12 you know, this, this is a, that ought to be a doozy of a non-conference game for sure. Yeah, you've got some interesting uh, connections here to, to finish out the decade if it does remain in place that kind of way. But you're basically just beefing with the entire state of Oregon for the next four years. you got the <laughs> Beavers coming up for two after the Ducks. think uh, you've got uh, NC State again. You've got Mississippi State right now. There's there's some interesting ones to come uh, in the in the next handful of years if again. Uh, it does remain the same because everything, as we know, is subject to change. All right. Well, we're going to find out very soon uh, what it is going to look like and will be really, really interesting in every Big 12 locale because every Big 12 locale will more than likely feel like they're getting the once over, the business (laughs) from the league office. And not everyone can. So somebody's got to be wrong when they're complaining, but I doubt it'll be us because like Bob Knight once said to paraphrase, I'm only arguing whenever I know I'm correct. So, uh, you know, we wouldn't bring it up if we didn't have a legitimate beef. Right, Chris? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yes. Absolutely. But, uh, we'll be back to revisit this whenever we do get that news. And, of course, pour over it with some uh, thoughts on what is to come in 2023. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, maybe this week, like Chris says, but very, very soon, if not, because we are approaching that uh, mid-December kind of forecast from when we were going to find these things out. So subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you don't miss that episode whenever it does drop new episodes each weekday right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And after Locked On Texas Tech, we hope that you'll make Locked On Sports today your second listen. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or anywhere you get podcasts. That is Locked On Sports today. Uh, enjoyed it, Chris, as always, and, and we'll get back together and talk a little hoops tomorrow. Sounds good, man. Let's do it. Keep hope alive, people. You got it. We'll see you then on the other side for another edition for Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us again on Locked on Texas Tech.